every so often we get to hear from people in our congregation just to get to know them and learn from their own lived experience of God's presence in their lives. So today we have the treat of hearing from Albert and Luann. So I invite you up and from Jess. So Albert and Luann are relatively new to our congregation. How long have you all been coming? October, okay. And Jess has been here for a few years. And so they already know where we're going with this. So you don't have to feel nervous for them, but I'm gonna <laughs> spring some weird questions on them. We're gonna start with Albert and Luann. And the question is just how has your understanding or ideas or experience of God been expanding? And what are the things in your life that has kind of prompted that or been the context for that? Okay, let me start. Um, my name is Albert Westerhuis, and I am, um, some of you may know, a pastor. I've been a, pa a pastor for seven years. Um, I was uh, raised in the Netherlands and uh, became later in Canada a Christian Reformed pastor, which means I came from the Reformed tradition, which means I got a lot of uh, uh, teaching about creeds and confessions and catechisms and what God is all about. It's like, uh, you know, all big puzzle pieces you learn to put together and, and make the puzzle coming together, at least a Reformed puzzle. And... Uh, you know, rather than wondering what, what is God all about? And I won't, don't want to deny that, you know, learning about dogmas and creeds and confessions uh, is, is bad, not at all, just the opposite. Uh, has been extremely helpful and insightful to learn more about God. But as a pastor, when it comes really to relating to people in the pew, you know, it's more a difficult issue. Um, somehow you are expected as a pastor, since you know all that, you give your pet answer. You say, this is what the Bible says. This is what you believe. And if you do what I'm saying, then, you know, there is salvation and God will bless you. And it's not that simple as a pastor. Just uh, you get a lot of questions when you preach. Uh, many times I was in the pulpit and I thought, do I really believe this myself? You know, um, I don't know if I can believe that, what I'm taught. I remember uh, one young fellow committed suicide in our church, and that's very devastating for the parents. And, and then uh, a while later, it, the father ended up in the hospital, and um, they were devastated, and things were not good at all. So I took Bible and started to pray with them. But before that, I read a scripture passage. I remember Psalm 91, and I said, uh, you know, the arrow will not uh, kill you by day, nor the darkness by night. God is protecting you. And I'm looking up to them, and I see their faces, and they're devastated. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> God did not protect you. God, it's horrible what, what happens in your life. So, and then I started more and more, you know, to understand it's not that easy to look at God objectively and, and, and like a puzzle. It, it's God is a big mystery. And, uh, and how do you deal with that? And so I always had a hard time already as a child to give black and white answers, um, you know, to who God is. I always found uh, it's mysterious. It's not that simple. 
And I want to leave it by that for this moment, because now my wife will say something about it. <laughs> okay, so my name is Luann, and uh, Albert and I have been married for almost 42 years. And uh, the thing about Albert is uh, he's quite an artist, and he has that artist approach to things where, yeah, he doesn't like simple answers. He actually prefers questions to answers. And he likes living in gray areas. Uh, the problem is I'm quite different from him. Uh, I like clarity. I like a plan. I like to know what I'm committing myself to. And um, yeah, certainty. So it creates a, a tension in our, in our relationship, not only about faith, but about just life in general. Uh, but it's also, it's attention, but it's also something that's attractive because your views between you are, are challenged. And that has proved to be very helpful to both of us, I think. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. My father was a pastor in Church of the Nazarene. We had daily devotions, followed by praying on our knees. Um, I learned. I was raised with a lot of different images of God, a lot of them coming from the Psalms, like shepherd and fortress, protector, defender. And these, are, these were helpful to me in my, in my, in my life. Um, but, um, you know, when I, when I met Albert, he would ask, ask me questions. So let's say, for instance, we were having a conversation hypothetically, we're talking about Turkey and Syria and the horrible earthquake. You know, and I typically would ask, how can an almighty God, you know, the perennial question of evil, how can an almighty God allow that to happen? Or where is that almighty God? And his response would be, well, what do you mean by almighty? So, you know, you come with an answer that you learned in Sunday school, omnipotent. Yeah, what does that mean? And those questions make me feel very uncomfortable. Uh, it reminded me of uh, Anne's sermon on Hagar, because at the very end of that sermon, the only her ending was, does this make you feel uncomfortable? And our images of, images of God at times when they're challenged can make us, uh, can make us feel uncomfortable. And one other thing I, I want to say is... Um, I remember clearly Albert preached a sermon one time on disillusionment with God. And even though it's painful and difficult, that disillusionment, you're in a perfect place, a vulnerable place to discover who God really is. And um, yeah, I, I found that to be true. We've, we have faced a number of things as a family and, um, and we're just still discovering who God is. Yeah, um, disillusionment, um, you know, and like Luann says, it can be a good thing, but it's not a, a, an easy thing or a wonderful thing to experience. And disillusionment is really, you know, letting go of an illusion or, or something you believe in um, when reality really pops the bubble. And uh, saying, you know, life doesn't teach you that way. And I guess you experience that when, you know, you are in a horrible car accident or there is abuse or, 
you pray a lot and it's not answered, or your family falls apart, or you know, cancer comes in in your life. There's so many different things, and then suddenly God is not the same anymore the way you were always expecting to be there for you. And uh, and I know when that bubble burst, that's very, very hard. And um, and some people I saw in my ministry, they you know, they I know some good friend turned into an and really an atheist and she is uh, revengeful about Christianity because of what happened in her family. So, so there is something, of course, when your illusion is shattered, you still need the picture of God, who God is. And, um, and I always, for me, is, you know, I'm in a gray area, like my wife says, but it doesn't mean I don't believe in an absolute truth. I, but the only absolute truth I really can hold on to is God himself. But I don't have a picture, a clear picture of God within me, myself. So I have to rely on, on this revelation. And, and that takes faith. And simply, I think, to trust, to trust you know, that faith is not trying to explain what you have to believe, and, and then it's okay, but to let God be God in your life, to let this mysterious God come over you in a, knowing that he is a graceful and compassionate power. And I think that's the way I learned to envision my God in my ministry and in my teaching and, or whatever, in my relationship with other people. Does it make sense? <laughs> I know it sounds a little bit abstract, but. <laughs> Thank you. It's, um, this is one of the wonderful things about church, isn't it? That these people come that you didn't necessarily invite into your house, but you realize you need in your life. So we need people who um, can be uncomfortable with us in our journey of faith and who still are finding new ways of understanding God. So thank you for being in our family. Um, and we're going to hear from Jess. Um, and Jess, it's the same question. So how has your understanding of God been expanding and why and how? Yeah, thank you. Thank you too for sharing. I feel like just have a longer conversation someday. <laughs> um, Okay, well, I'll start a little bit with how I grew up, too. My grandfather's a Presbyterian pastor in San Diego, California. So we grew up going to church all the time, and we went to the Vineyard Church for a little bit. Um, I think my view of God back then was God up there in heaven, um, omnipotent, omnipotent shepherd. My grandmother, um, she's had various forms of cancer, and they just um, at, like just pray and she was healed. You know, it's just that, that happened a lot <laughs> for her and continues. She's 95. She's got breast cancer right now and she's going to go away. You know, this is her prayer. Um, so I just grew up really, really like very close to just that kind of, I don't know, not God is magician, but just like uh, up there taking the burden away. Um, and I feel so different now. Um, it has been like my family fell apart going through a divorce and cancer right now. So it is like a momentous time in life. Um, and I've lost a couple friends to cancer. Um, 
my first friend, we were 21 and she had brain cancer and I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but anyway, some of these experiences, I think what Albert said just reminded me, yeah, like those experiences kind of blow it out of the water a bit. You know, it's just like, wait a second, (laughs) we sure prayed hard that that wouldn't happen. (laughs) So fast forward to kind of where I'm at now. Um, I've been engaging in this practice called focusing, which is, it's really an embodied um, way of, of kind of attuning into yourself. Um, I, and I guess I just see God so much more within me, within everybody. (laughs) So that kind of takes away barriers as like God up here, choosing the chosen people, but more like God's light and God's spirit is in all. Um, and how we connect in is, is through this light. And so I'll just share this story. This happened just, 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 I was on my way to chemo with, um, with Anne. And that morning I woke up, I was so anxious. I was just really overwhelmed with this tax debt and this divorce papers. And I was like, ah, and so I just, I did my focusing practice, which involves just being calm and feeling your body. And, um, I just felt this heaviness on my heart. And so I said, wow, something in me feels a lot of heaviness on my heart. (laughs) And just thought about that. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, I feel, it feels like I have these two big boxes on my heart and I can't breathe. And I was like, yeah, that seems right. And this isn't really typically part of the focusing practice, but I did have this like, okay, God, where are you? I don't normally ask that question, but I did this morning. I'm like, God, where are you? And um, it happened really fast. Um, the boxes came off my chest. I was, I was like in a warehouse, like one of the warehouses next to Arasha. The, the boxes came off my chest and they went up on the shelf. Nice. And they were right there. And then I was on my feet and I was looking at them. I was like, wow, that's interesting. Like, it's not like I felt like God's like warm hands pick me up or anything. It was just like perspective, this perspective shift. The boxes didn't go away. There they are. But I'm standing up on my two feet, grounded, and I'm looking at them. And and they're not suffocating me anymore. I'm not buried. I can breathe. They didn't just go away. But here I am looking at them. That was it. That just brought me so much comfort. And, and I was just like, wow, that's right. Like, and that's kind of been my experience through these challenges, but then something cool happened in the afternoon. So, so the shift is more just like, I can experience God within me and I can listen into my body and my body can kind of reveal anxiety, fear, sadness. And I believe they all have something to say. And God works in this space, this light in me kind of reveals this perspective shift. But then I came home in the afternoon after chemo and I went and checked my mailbox and there were two boxes (laughs) sitting on the shelf and they were gifts from friends from far away. One was my really close friend from college. And one was uh, my friend, Danae, who lives on the East coast in the U S I came in with my two boxes and I just like lit some candles and put the fire on. I just got cozy because I was cold and I opened up the boxes and it was like 
they were so personal and intimate and like beautiful. Like these, these are two really good gift givers and like each one, I mean, one was a book for Salel. That's her favorite book that she doesn't have. And Rachel would never have known that. And I didn't think anything of it. And I was telling my mom later on that evening, she's like, Jess, don't you think it's kind of interesting that you came home and you got two boxes and they were these gifts. And I was like, huh, that is really interesting. And I just, it's like that idea of, um, there is some mysterious, like God just kind of popping in and doing crazy things sometimes too. This like idea of abundance, which is kind of what I always thought that was the only way I could experience God. I don't know if any of this makes sense to sum it up. It's like, (laughs) there is this mysterious God that, that provides goodness and abundance for us beyond our wildest dreams. And there is this like inner knowing of like tapping into this inner God. That's not like out there in the clouds, but actually in, in our bodies acting within us and opening up to that and a perspective shift. It's not just like, Oh, cancer's gone. Your marriage is back together, but you can do this. You can do these hard things. Aren't you glad we heard from Jess? <laughs> Jess showed me a book by J. Philip Newell that she's been traveling with for a number of years. So instead of prayers of the people today, we'll, this will be our prayer time. And so this is a prayer um, of thanksgiving and intercession. So I'm going to pray it for you all and for all of us as well. That wisdom was born within us in the womb. Thanks be to you, O God. That your ways have been written into the human body and soul, there to be read and reverenced. Thanks be to you. Let us be attentive to the truths of these living texts. Let us learn of the law etched into the whole of creation that gave birth to the mystery of life and feeds and renews it day by day. Let us discern the law of love in our own hearts, and in knowing it, obey it. Let us be set free by love, O God. Let us be set free to love. Amen.